Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Gritter Blitz 344. Oscar Lopez in the house. We should have a Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, coming on in a bit. We'll also have Nate Ward here in about an hour. So we're going to be talking NFL Week 8, uh, Women's News and Notes. Uh, congratulations to the Karlstad Crusaders in Sweden for winning the championship. Plus everything you can imagine that happened in the women's game from Gridiron Queensland, Gridiron New South Wales, Austria. We'll get the lowdown in the second hour as we bring in Nate Ward to kind of dissect all that and make it happen. Um, we're also going to be diving into college football. We'll also dive into NFL Week 7 recap. And on top of that, we have a legendary coach, Coach Dion Lee, coming in here to talk about girls' flag football, girls' football association, Premier 7, and everything that's happening in terms of combines and events. So we'll get the lowdown from Coach Lee here in the No Joke Football Huddle uh, in, in about 15 minutes. Uh, just to let you guys know, our sponsor is Monkey Knife Fight. If you haven't gone over there, you can sign up now and a deposit, you get a bonus. Uh, so you can receive up to 100% match on your deposit, up to $50. That is a bonus in a form of a free bet. Minimum required is $10. Play within a month once you activate. So place the bets. Win a few extra dollars watching your favorite sports. We're in NFL, MLB tonight as well. Easy picks from any sporting event. Uh, so we strongly recommend check it out. Monkey Knife Fight if you want to get away from the usual uh, lineup building in D- Daily Fantasy Sports, which would be DraftKings or FanDuel. So use our code NJF to get started today, monkeyknifefight.com. Let's bring in the Hall of Famer here, Holly Custis, and we're going to just dive into uh, a great win for you, Holly. The Niners took care of New England. Uh, my Rams, really good performance on Monday against the Bears. Um, feeling a little bit down for Mackenzie Brooks because these Cowboys are kind of a little lousy. But uh, this NFC West is going to be a battle, especially with Arizona. Yeah, you know, um, great win for, for my Niners. I think that um, – We've definitely turned it around since that Miami game a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think it was a, a total win. And I think I was very impressed by Shanahan and his creativity. You know, last week we were talking about uh, I was very pleased in the Rams game at how they were getting the ball out faster from Jimmy, which definitely helped a lot. This game I noticed, that they were trying to get the ball on the edge and trying to find more creative ways to do that and get the ball into the hands of the playmakers more. Um, so I'm hoping that they continue that uh, this weekend against the Seahawks. I think your team played really well. I think um, the Bears got exposed a bit. Um, and I think the, the Cowboys, are they, they're just continuing to get exposed. It, it's no longer exposed. It, it, it's been out. <laughs> So, overall, a really interesting weekend. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, the West seems tight. You got Seattle that lost to Arizona. Uh, you guys won. We won. Uh, must wins basically for yourself and uh, us to keep in the race. 
um, just to keep it, you know, within a one-game scenario. Um, but uh, Thursday night was uh, New York uh, gets shocked by Philly. Um, if we want to say that. Um, they don't have Barkley. Uh, Philly up and down with Wentz and company. But they edge uh, New York on Thursday night. And then Sunday night uh, was the big matchup. Like I said, Seattle against uh, um, Arizona. So if you, you guys want to get the replay, the NFL recap is on the hub at facebook.com forward slash Cardano Beauty. So we'll go into NFL Week 7 recap after the No Joke Football Huddle, uh, which we'll have Coach Dion Lee here in a couple minutes to talk about Girls um, Football Association plus all stuff combined and uh, things that are going to happen in terms of events. Um, Holly, uh, we postponed the Big Ten, right, thinking that maybe this was going to be no big deal. Then we get everybody pretty much coming back. We got the Pac-10 coming back. So um, uh, Nittany Lions lose 36-35 in overtime to Indiana on Saturday. And then Michigan actually looked pretty good against uh, Minnesota, which, uh, you know, we – expected probably that at, at this point but um so a little bit of change in terms of the ap poll and the coaches poll as we go forward now into like week nine but uh, any of the games that stood out to you this 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 week eight i think uh there's actually a few the the indiana Penn state game was really fun to watch um i think early penn state looked a bit flat um, I think it's going to happen, especially considering this is their first game. I think I was very impressed with Indiana's grit. Um, they didn't, they don't have the most explosive offense, and they're not very consistent, but they did what they needed to do. And defensively, Indiana played pretty well. I think, um, you know, the overtime was really exciting. I think it's a big deal that uh, Penn State lost, you know, with these shortened seasons. It's really hard to overcome um, losses more than normal um, because it, this is a shortened season. So I think it's a big loss for Penn State, great win for Indiana. I think Oklahoma State being Iowa State was a big win for Oklahoma State because they're basically the Big 12's last hope for the uh, uh, college football playoff unless something absolutely crazy happens. Uh, their defense looks pretty solid. Uh, you know, their offense – it's still not quite where it was last year, but their defense is definitely carrying them. And the running backs in that game um, between Hubbard and Hall for Iowa State were very, very good, and they're going to play on Sunday. So that was a fun game to watch. I think, let's see, Notre Dame bounced back. They looked better against Pittsburgh, but I, I, when I was watching, it seemed more like Pittsburgh was just not very good but definitely a better offensive performance for Notre Dame. Um, Wisconsin, they had um, their quarterback played extremely well. He had, uh, he was almost perfect. He was 20 for 21, five touchdowns were great, but um, Illinois got no pressure on him the entire game. So I want to see what he does when he actually has mm-hmm. um, some pressure in his face because Illinois just, they had no rush at all. He, he had basically all day. Um, and if you have a quarterback that is worth anything, the Big Ten consider them top at this point, since we're just in no, week, I think, first week. No, I think it's still Ohio State. Although I think Ohio State kind of looked flat to me early. I think Wisconsin. The interesting thing about them is historically they're known for defense, big offensive linemen, tight ends, and running backs. 
But I don't think the Wisconsin run game is is going to be their primary focus this year. I think they're going to pass more. And I think Ohio State also is going to pass more. I don't think Ohio State's run game is as strong as it was. I think they got some more yardage later in the game. But early, you could tell that they were missing some of the people that they lost. So Ohio State might uh, fix their, their run game later. But I think Wisconsin's identity is going to change. I think right now you have to uh, say from the first week, and it's still the first week, that Ohio State's probably still number one, although I think they do have some flaws. I think Wisconsin's probably in the Big Ten, number two. And then mm-hmm. Michigan, everyone is excited about them. I think they're going to, I think they're solid, but I think it's too early on Michigan so far. And I think if we're talking like the first week out, it's really unusual you know, to figure out who's going to, you know, go into this world as a favorite. But you still have Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska sort of in in the mix. Um, but, you know, Wisconsin could be a serious threat to Ohio State, uh, I guess, in, in some ways. So we'll see what – this is a shortened season for them. So we're looking at what – is it six weeks season for them or is it eight? Um, have to look at the, they get eight. Eight, yeah. So yeah. The, this one's a big win for them, uh, for the Badgers, because that kind of keeps gives them a one-game lead over um, Iowa, Minnesota, and Nebraska. So, Yeah, no, definitely. And then because of the short season, everything is very condensed. So Wisconsin, they play Nebraska, then Purdue, then Michigan. They play uh, Indiana. But I think – their schedule is kind of light, actually. Um, I, I think they they don't play Ohio State, so I think that that's a you know they may face them in the in the championship game, but they avoid them in the regular season component. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think Wisconsin sets up nicely as long as they can prove that the quarterback can still produce when they when they face a better defense, when they face somebody like a Michigan um, that can come after him more. What do you think of this kid, Graham Mertz? Um, pretty good performance. I think it was his first career start, too. So um, my notes, I think it's 20 of 21 for two, almost 250, five TDs. Right. Uh, but you are playing, you know, a different team, of course. Um, so it's, he does, I guess, what was a single game completion percentage, tied a program record for consecutive completions and TDs. So uh, pretty right. good, you know, outing for him. Yeah, I think he, he has a lot of potential. He had a great first outing. Um, I I still, like, when I was watching the game, Illinois just did not have any pressure at all. So mm-hmm. when you have a quarterback that's decent, if you give them all day to throw, they're going to be pretty effective. I think he it seems to have decent poise and confidence, um, but it's still really early, and I want to see it against a, a better defense. Um, I do think it's a good story, though, because he's the grandson of the actor who played the neighbor in I Love Lucy. Um, yes. I don't know if good you knew that. Trivia. And so that was kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And then if you look at their faces and you compare them, you can kind of see it. And then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, great start for him. But I want to see it against a better defense. So what do we say of Indiana? Um, is it at this point – I mean, Indiana has not has not knocked off any top ten opponent since '87, from my notes. Um, so, 
is this going to be the year that they kind of like get in the mix? I think that they they have they definitely have more athletes. They've been slowly building, recruiting wise, and and I think they're they're close to kind of getting into that uh, second tier of the Big Ten. They've been knocking on the door for a minute. I think that their defense is pretty solid, at least from that first game. I want to see their offense be more consistent because it was basically feast or famine with their offense. But I do like their gritty determination that they displayed against Penn State. They didn't care that Penn State was a top 10 team. They didn't care about any of that. And uh, so I really like teams like that. So I think that they're going to be a team that if they don't start pushing into that uh, next tier, they're definitely going to spoil the season for a lot of people. And if you get them another couple of years of decent recruiting classes, I think they, they can make that push. Surprise at Rutgers upset Michigan State here. It was a pretty close game too. So it's it just, they, but they snapped their 21 game big 10 losing streak. That's pretty big for a I, second year coach here. I think it's a great win for Rutgers. Um, Rutgers is a team that they every, you know, every once in a while they have a decent team, but for for the most immediate future they they have not been very good. I think that it says more about the state of Michigan State though uh, that they came out pretty flat, um, and so I I want to see what the, is Michigan State able to bounce back and what they're going to look like. But it's definitely a huge step for Rutgers, um, and we'll see what they do going forward. All right, we're going to go into the huddle now, uh, sponsored, of course, by uh, Zazzle.com. And we're going to be going into talking to Coach Dion Lee here. So before we go there, make sure you guys are going over to monkeyknifefight.com, sign up. Uh, you get receive a 100% match on your deposit up to $50. And you can place your bets and win a few extra dollars watching your favorite sports or team and players. And there's three different types of uh, picks you can do on there. So you come away with a really, really awesome night. So we strongly recommend checking it out at night, uh, Monkey Night Fight if you want to get away from the daily, usual daily fantasy building lineups that you find on DraftKings or FanDuel. Use code NJF, that's No Joke Football, NJF, to get started today, monkeyknifefight.com. So let's go into the huddle, and we're going to be talking to our coach, Dion Lee. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation, to the way we perform, to the way we shine, expect great. Expect it from yourself, expect it from your teammates, expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast, play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, Coach Lee, expect greatness. How you doing? Yeah, man, I feel like calling the play in that huddle. I, I was thinking about what play I was going to call. I got to get you hyped up for this interview. I think that's uh, I, I think you've gone through a couple of those huddles yourself. Oh, yeah, definitely that. Definitely been in plenty of huddles in my day as a player and, and plenty as a, as a coach, uh, both men and women's and also girls. So I, I definitely love the huddle. All right, Coach, uh, we're going to bring you on. Uh, you had a, a nice event here, I believe, on the 17th uh, with a combine, right, uh, combination yes. event and combine uh, over yes. in, I believe, Las Vegas, right? 
Yeah, we were in Henderson, uh, Henderson, uh, Nevada, which is just right on the edge of, of Las Vegas. You know, it's, it's a county line. Uh, it's southeast of the Strip, about 10 miles away. Uh, had a great turnout uh, with young ladies. We had 180 girls. Uh, out there doing the whole NFL combine situation, 80 young ladies ages 20 and below, uh, actually ages 20 to 14. We had a couple of young ladies from UNLV who were looking to transfer now that flag football is now a scholarship opportunity sport. And uh, it, it was it was a great job that was done out there by my staff and the, and the, and the other staff that came out there from POW, the Police Athletic League, and also 200% Sports. How was the enthusiasm uh, when they find out that they can get scholarships, you know, nationwide pretty much? The West Coast still probably some of the colleges are working that out to try to get a couple more schools. I talked to Angelica Grayson before, and she was saying it's mostly East Coast, mid-America, but opportunities are going to be there to try to get a couple more colleges maybe in California, Oregon, in that aspect, or Arizona. Well, yeah, part of it is because, you know, the high schools – don't have flag football to be able to recruit from. So that's right. what the whole Girls Football Association was all about. Uh, when we started this thing up two years ago, uh, as a parent, I helped start, you know, flag football here in in Nevada or Las Vegas. I actually was not even up in Reno because it's too cold to play in the wintertime. Um, you know, our intention was at least give the girls an opportunity to to play, to learn the game. I was using it as a recruiting tool for the, at, at that, that point with the showgirls. Um, you know, having a base, you know, where these athletes that want to play tackle football, where are they going to start from? And as we all know, you know, the NFL does have five-on-five flag football for girls. Uh, it's heavily populated between the ages of five and ten. Then as you get to the 12 and under division and then the 14 U, it's, it's kind of nonchalant because there's no way for those, nowhere for those girls to go play the sport at the next level, you know, in the high schools. Um, so with that being said, that's what we started, you know, the girls football association or GFA uh, to start tapping into these title nine issues, going to these different States and speaking up on behalf of young ladies who want to play football. Um, this past spring, we had a contract with the XFL where we were doing uh, girl football camps for all the all eight teams, and we had that all set up, and it was a, the, of course, COVID, you know, put a stop to that. And actually, that week that we that everything got shut down on the 12th, we were headed to New York, where we had over 500 girls registered for a free football camp, and then they got a ticket to go see the game. So that's the type of programming we were doing under the, the GFA uh, band. You got to call uh, Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson, see if we can hook you up for 2022. Well, yeah, we actually put in a call. We have a proposal in. We actually talked to his wife. She actually gave us opportunity to speak to her. She loved the idea. She loved the concept. Uh, so that's something that's in the works, again, for 2022. Can we wait that long? Mm, not really. But, you know, we got we got to do some things in between there. Uh, we have a great relationship with the Las, the Las Vegas Raiders now. Uh, they are one of the co-sponsors uh, of the Combine. That's what allowed it to be free. Uh, the Raiders had actually wrote a check out to Police Athletic League uh, in order for us to do it. So, you know, we, we are making making our waves with the NFL teams. Uh, the Chargers and the Rams have definitely sparked the interest in what we were doing. Um, 
and just using our Raider connection to, to make it happen in all states to have NFL football. They love what we're doing. Coach, um, the NIA, when we talked to Angelica Grayson, she's really excited about the opportunity uh, in terms of recruitment, and that would basically make uh, certain, you know, certain parents have them commit just like they would do for what volleyball, soccer, and all the other, you know, sports that girls would normally play on a college level. So this is mm-hmm. a, a good opportunity, to your point, if you have somebody in an area where flag football is a opportunity zone, then this is the next level for them to go. They would have to obviously branch out to a different state and all that, but they would still get a scholarship to write in. So it's, it's very good in terms of uh, we're going forward, in other words. We're not regressing, but we're, we're going, making baby steps going forward. Oh, yeah, definitely that. I mean, and, and that was the plan of the GFA was, hey, let's get it here. You know, as a parent, without the GFA label, you know, I was doing tackle football. Hey, let's get something going here at home. Um, then once we got it going, we got it to the school district the first year. It was a club sport. And then the second year, it became a sanctioned sport because they didn't realize how many kids wanted to play. They had initially just, you know, gave each school 20 sets of uniforms, basically, and say, oh, here you go. And you had teams that had hundreds of girls literally trying out to play flag football that they had to open up a JV division. And then the next year they did uh, freshmen. So here in Vegas, the average team, including varsity, JV, and freshmen, have about 70 to 80 girls that play flag football at each school. And there's 42 schools here in Las Vegas that play. So, Coach Dion. Is the age gapping between 12 and 18? Is that where we see the drop off, or is that where we see the 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 hesitant? Because they're like you, to your point, depending on where you're living at, they're not mm-hmm. they're not might be a high school. Um, so, for example, like this week alone, we got Sam Gordon in Utah trying to get the initiative for the approval to get the state to accept and uh, put up programs in each high school in a certain region of the state because there is high interest uh, uh, for some girls to play tackle football, and they're trying to get it uh, to, a, to a, an acceptance stage, basically. So they're trying to fight that in the court to try to work that out. Yeah, I mean, we, we initially came with the tackle football program here in Vegas first, uh, but it failed just due to the fact that a lot of parents didn't feel that their girls were safe, you know, who was going to be willing to coach them. You know, the different liabilities. So we accepted the fact that, hey, you gave us an alternative, which is flag football. Um, It's no different than baseball and softball. Kind of the same rules, same functionalities, but, you know, there's some different rules. And the same thing with flag football. Um, We just just felt that we couldn't get an interest of enough girls to play tackle uh, that is worth a while as far as 11 on 11s. You know, you – like I said, we got 70 girls who, who come out, and the thing about it is 50% of those girls who come out and play flag football don't play no other sport. So we're actually elevating the numbers of girls who are participating because if it wasn't for flag football, half of those athletes wouldn't play no other sport, you know. So yeah. the numbers are um, good. It seems, it seems like it's a good uh, starting point, to your point before, where we got to start somewhere. So this is – if the interest – is in that state of where flag is the interest, then we really mm-hmm. got to, you know, start to brew it in a way. Um, let me bring in Holly here to pick your brain on this. And we have a couple more events that you're going to mention to us coming up here in the calendar. So as soon as we get, you know, uh, the interview here with Holly and the, a couple questions from Holly, then we'll kind of dive into what other events are coming up so people can dive into them. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. No problem at all. Hey, Dion. How's it going? What's going on, superstar? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, yeah, I'm glad I, that... Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm glad, glad I have, have to have no defense to try to stop you running the ball. <laughs> that was when I was younger and a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. But uh, um, I, uh, I'm really excited to see the growth of your league. I understand, like uh, most other sports, COVID has really thrown a wrench into that this year. Um, how have your girls responded to that uh, adversity of going through the issues with COVID and probably the stoppage of play and all that? Um, you know. We we actually finished our season last year in February, so we weren't affected, you know, but it did hurt us over the spring and summertime because we had a couple of things lined up. We had some 707 tournaments. We had some things that the Raiders were going to put together for us uh, to give the girls some more opportunities to learn the sport, drill the sport, and do some other things. Um, so what happened now is we're normally a winter sport. So at this moment, we will be doing intramurals right now uh, you know, recruiting and stuff like that. So it's hurt us because I haven't been on campus since since March. And right. so we've been virtually recruiting, and that's kind of hard to do when you don't have all the girls in your class um, and things right. of that nature. Uh, so they did give us a schedule. We're going to start off in uh, January. January 2nd is the first day of practice, and our right. first game will be January 15th. So they kind of – uh, helped us out, and every sport is going to have a season all in the spring, late winter, right. early in, in spring. So it's a condensed season. Uh, right now we have 12 games scheduled. We still don't know if they're going to have a state playoff. Uh, that hasn't been determined yet. Um, they might just take the league champs of each league and then play a one game and then play a championship game that day, you know. Right. Um, okay. But you know, as a coach, it hurt, it hurt me because I'm I'm not drilling the girls right now. Normally, I'm drilling them three right. days a week: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, after school. Okay. And and since um, you know everything's condensed down into the spring, does that make it difficult uh, with finding fields and try to everybody trying to manage the scheduling aspect of it? Well, you know what? I'm not the athletic director or the athletic principal. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's going to be a pain in the butt because, see, they moved to fall sports, so it's going to go winter sports for six weeks, fall right. sports for six weeks, and then it's going to be spring okay. sports for six weeks. So okay. at some, some point in time, we're going to have to share the football field with the boys' team because they got to get ready. Right. They're going to have the first games at the end of February. And, you know, so it, it's going to be some 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 issues. Right. That makes sense. Um, and then you mentioned before that um, the parents were concerned with the tackle aspect. How has the response been from the parents with the flag football, um, and, and how have they taken to the game? Uh, parents have actually come with open arms. Because a lot of our players are soccer players and volleyball players and track athletes because we play right. basketball at the same time. Um, right. And we've actually taken away from the basketball girls that a lot of schools don't have freshman team because a lot of girls prefer to play flag football than they do basketball, believe it or not. Um, You know, but the parents have actually open arms. And now that it's a scholarship opportunity sport that was announced this past spring, now we're getting more interest for those girls who are actually, you know, soccer girls 
who aren't getting looked at, and they're great athletes, you know. And now we're getting the, right. some of the basketball girls. Oh, wait a minute, I can get a free education by just playing some football. And you know, the, right. the, the, the basketball girls are more athletic. You know, those are the most athletic girls on any campus. You know, right. but that's one of the hardest hardest sports to get a scholarship in. You know, you got to be averaging thirty points a game in some cases. Right. You know, but but the average girl who's real athletic can come out there and play flag football and, and just dominate. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. With the, the with the announcement of the of the sport being a college opportunity sport, it's going to actually open some more doors up, at least here in Vegas, um, mm-hmm. for the, for the opportunities to get better athletes to to compete. That's awesome. And then you know, since you guys have had so much uh, so much success so far, have you seen in basically an increase in the skill level as well? Oh yeah, let, let me tell you. Since the conception seven years ago. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've coached a quarterback who threw for 6,000 yards in one season, 6,362 yards to be exact, and 82 touchdowns, right. you know. And she was a freshman. Now she's a senior, you know, since so she's about to throw right. for over 20,000 yards. Uh, we had receivers that caught 180 passes in one season uh, who was a soccer player because she was a goalie. And she graduated two years ago, but she came to the combine because now all of a sudden she sees opportunity to play the sport at the next level. So it's right. only getting bigger, better, and more athletic the more years. And, you know, coaches are taking it serious. Um, it's right. similar to the it's similar to the women's football. You know what? It was a novelty. Yeah, I can coach football. Let me get these women out here. And then once mm-hmm. you got into the trenches with them, you're like, wait a minute. These women are pretty athletic. Let me start, you know, hey, you know, let's start coaching them up. Let's start doing right. off-season workouts, you know. And that's what we're going through right now. That's the transition of flag football here in, in Vegas. And, of course, in Florida, you know, you got 400 schools that offer flag football. That's why you right. got more of the colleges out there that are willing to, to open it up for women to play flag football in college. Um, right. You know, so that's why the East Coast and the Mid America uh, colleges are, are picking up. But they all came out here to recruit because Las Vegas is a hot market. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome. I mean, if if I was uh, younger back in in my days, I think I would have definitely been interested. Especially when you were talking about the opportunity to earn a scholarship. You're right. Yeah. It's extremely competitive in some of those other sports because they've been around forever. And this is a, um, you know, there's a bigger opportunity to kind of get in on the ground floor and uh, so that's exciting and I'm really uh, happy that you guys are doing so well Um, uh, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to to following you guys and um, and uh, but that's basically all the questions I had I know that you have uh, some events that you wanted to uh, mention for Oscar as well yeah 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 you know the thing about this you know it's more than one person that makes this happen. It's, 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 it's a couple of, it's quite a few of us. But how I look at it, I'm like, man, there's over 2,500 women who play tackle football worldwide. Here in the States, we've got over, what, 1,500 women easily that play. And in order for us to keep that going, you've got to have the younger young ladies come in and fall in love with the sport. And that's why right. we want all, all the ladies to get involved with the GFA you know, be a spokesperson and ambassador, uh, run camps uh, under, you know, whatever football team you play for, you know what I'm saying? And we can provide some of the information, some of the flags, just like the NFL does, because they're they're one of our partners right now. Um, and so in order for the sport to grow, both tackle and flag, 
again, it's power in numbers. If you heard all my all my blog talk radio shows since day one in 2006, it's been about power in numbers. Until we get that, we're still going to be in that same spin in the mud situation in the same position. I love what the leagues are doing, um, both leagues, the WFA and the, 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 the WNFC. I've been a part of both programs, and I, I love to see that women's football is still succeeding. But, again, it has to drop down a level and help out the next level, which is that high school level and that college level. You know what I'm saying? Right. If, if we can get some young ladies who've been playing football since the age of 10 and they went through high school program, they went to college, and they come out at 22 years old and no football, just think about how much better the ladies' game will be with more players right. already knowing the basic skills of football. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's really exciting. Thank you so much. Um, Oscar, did you have anything else? No, I think we're he's uh, making ends rows, and we talked to you about <laughs> a while back as well, and I think everybody was excited. And then we bring in, like I said, we brought in Angelica Grayson in here, and she, yeah, she just was- enlightened us a lot about the, you know, the intricacies of what the NAIA is going to be doing. So uh, GFA with NFL flag and then Russell Wilson being involved with NFL flag is huge because he's going to be a pretty good ambassador as well. So, and then you have a uh, Sowers, um, our girl, Phoebe Sketcher, um, and you got a, a couple other uh, Tony Harris. So there's a lot of good ambassadors in terms of the, and even Jen Walter. So there's yeah, a Jen, lot of keys there in Jen terms of partnerships. Yeah, Yeah, Jennifer King is also one that has talked highly of us, you know. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I've always been open to women's football and expanding it and making it better. And I know some of the issues that they're having as far as financial is still an issue, um, fundraising is still an issue, getting sponsors is still an issue. But I see that the leagues are coming together and and, and powering up, you know what I'm saying? So I I love that. And so I just want to make one quick announcement about what GFA is doing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. On November 12th, we've teamed up with two entities, Fleely TV and a brand new Gen Z group called Hello New World, which is like an alternative rock um, rock group of females, a la Spice Girls, but real musicians. How about that? Let me put it that way so that we can all connect, right? Because we all old now. So what they wanted to do is they're going to do a live stream concert on Lily TV, and they are going to be donating 20% of their ticket sales to any girl organization or women's organization that want to be involved. Um, So, again, some of our issues that we've had since COVID, we haven't been at school, we haven't fundraised, we have no budget. So what they've done is we opened up to all the high schools across the country uh, for the girls' athletic departments to sell tickets the ticket's only $10, and you get $2 a ticket, basically. But then they want to open it up to women's football because they didn't even, they're they ex-athletes, and they weren't even aware of women's football until I brought it to their attention. And they were like, man, if we can do that, that would be great. you know. And then you know, the winning team or whatever, they can perform at, you know, maybe at one of the Super Bowls or the championship series or whatever as a, as a, as a guest band. But we thought that would be a great idea. It's social distancing. It's the virtual concert effect. And then you were able to get a special code, a team code. So if it was the Las Vegas Showgirls, it would be a Showgirl code. And every ticket that's sold under that code, you know, would be $2 donated back to the organization that sold the ticket. So 
So it's a great opportunity and a great idea um, with that. If anybody wants to be involved in it, it doesn't matter what league you're in, what, what team you're on, all they have to do is just email me, and then I'll get them their special code and send it out. Um, and then it's women helping women. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's all yeah. about. It, again, power in numbers. I think 2021 is going to be huge for the sport. And like I said, we got three leagues, uh, two existing already in the States, plus we have uh, IWF, IWFA in Texas. It's going to start the uh, indoor, the I-8, plus we've got WFLA. Um, so there's a lot, of, a lot of movement in terms of, you know, the sport in 2021, which should be pretty exciting for all of us to follow the sport and get it to another level. Um, what other combine events are coming up besides the concert here? Is there other ones in, in terms of the next couple months? Yes. Actually, uh, again, another partner of, of GFA's, the Raiders, we're putting together a virtual flag football uh, camp. Well, actually, it's going to be a virtual camp. Uh, so we're going to have coaches from all of the United States, from Florida, Alaska, uh, San Francisco, the areas that have flag football. Uh, we're looking for other high school coaches or athletic administrators to join in to uh, to see what adding flag football has done to the school and and getting more girls involved. So that's going to be, help us expand. And that's going to be uh, – I don't have the dates exactly, but it's between Christmas and New Year's that week. I want to say that Wednesday, that Wednesday after Christmas. Well, you can just Christmas. message for me, and then that way we can kind of spread the word out uh, on the podcast yeah. and also put it up up, up on the uh, uh, at the hub so that everybody's kind of aware of when it's coming up. So they and that would be a free, be free clinic camp, you know what I'm saying? So, again, it, it, it's free. We're just trying to get large numbers on there who, who are interested in girls and women's football to be a part of it. And to get the excitement going, I mean, that's what it takes. It's going to take excitement from, from those who play and those who want to play to come together and make things happen. So that's what I wanted to bring here. Like I said, Coach Lee, I'm still in women's football, even though I let it go since 2015. Uh, so it's been almost five years that I've actually – well, I was actually on the field last year with the Silver Stars as a guest coach for two games, home games. Um, and I got the bug. I was going to coach this year until the season – was canceled. I was going to come back for one more year um, mm-hmm. to help get the stars up. But, uh, you know, I'm more on, in this, this realm now instead of the commitment of trying to build a team and, and dealing with what league is the best and stuff like that. I'd rather just help build the whole game from outside and, and, and use it as a feeder system for all the teams that are out there. It's a so, bigger it, initiative for you, I think, to, to stick to the flag because, uh, you know, your background is in marketing and branding, and you've always been in that mode, I think it's more beneficial for you to just focus on, you know, the groundwork, right, the level and the yeah. foundation part of it, because that's going to give you okay. more satisfaction ultimately. And then you're you're a great eye for talent, so there's an opportunity you. there. You know, like you said, there's a lot of talented uh, girls in different sports, right, soccer, basketball, as you mentioned earlier, that mm-hmm. you are able to probably put forth, right, and get them something yeah. of a scholarship and – and put them up on, at the colleges in the mid or the or the east, which is going to be huge. But uh, I, I mean, you've done it. You've done everything for women's football prior to that, you know. So at this yes, point, sir. it's it's just a matter of like, you know, diving into something solid. Especially when you're building relationships with the with the uh, the shield, it, it can't get yeah. any better than you know to focus on that aspect of it to continue your funding and support. 
Yeah, because definitely when they had the draft here last year, I had set up with the NFL that the girls from our city were going to be the ones who walked the first round and second round draft choices up uh, to the stage and made the announcement. So we were, we, we were part of the program for the first two rounds to have one girl from each school and then their teammates actually go back and walk the, the person that got drafted. So if it comes back again uh, in March here in Vegas, we still have that set up. So it was a lot of big things that was about to explode. Uh, but thank you, coronavirus. COVID really hit us, but you know what? It really got us to reshape and reform what we're doing and focusing on our mission. And it actually brought us some other things to the table as well. So everybody's being innovative and and wanting to be a part of something that is expanding uh, like football for girls. Yeah, and I think it really changed the the mindset of everybody in terms of how you're able to, you know, a recruit or how to network because that's been a big deal for a lot of people. You know, like myself, it's not such a big deal because I'm always on social media or on Messenger or Zoom calls and stuff like that. But people that were always used to knocking doors or, out on the streets or making connections, it really, you know, kind of had to reevaluate how you're able to connect and, and still reach out to those those potential, you know, sponsors or how to network and still maintain those relationships. Oh, yeah, definitely that. So, you know, it, it is good. It is what it is. I think we're on the right path. And like I said, if we can, you know, talk to those leaders of the major organizations for women's football and say, look, hey, we're here for everybody. We just need everybody to get on the same page on certain things about pushing the sport. You know, that's my whole thing. Let's, if we're going to push the sport, let's push it. There's no one league that's so-called better than another league, If you know, all that other good stuff. But anyway, I don't want to take up all your time because I am a, a, a coach, and I don't know how to stop talking during a game. And being on your show is like being on a game. And uh, Appreciate never that, Dion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to go ahead and cut myself off because I already know how I am. So it, that's all I got. I wish all the ladies out there and all the men that are working with the women's football teams the best of luck. And like I said, I'm always available. Uh, I can be be reached at, you know, dlee at gfa uh, at gmail.com. So that would be the best one if you uh, want to get a hold of me. Dion, before you go, please yes. leave TV. Just give us a rundown. Um, it's gonna. It's already up and running, so it's uh, entertainment-based content, right? With a lot of yes, different yes. aspects of it. So, give us the uh, where we need to go to subscribe or look into it. Okay. People ask me what does Flea Lee stand for. Well, my nickname is Flea. My last name is Lee. So the the our our slogan is filling life through entertainment and art, live to everyone everywhere. We do live concerts, we do live comedy shows, and we do independent films like Netflix, but we're not Netflix because that's more commercial. We're more about the independents, those who are trying to get their feet started. And you can just go to FleeLeeTV.com. That's F-L-E-A-L-E-E-T-V.com. All right, Dion, thank you very much. Uh, like I said, you always welcome up here. Just chime me up, get your uh, stuff uh, put out there, and always beneficial, especially with the young girls trying to look up to and getting to that next level. And obviously the availability of college flag as a scholarship is, is huge. So uh, appreciate everything you do for the sport. I'm pretty sure all those girls appreciate everything you do uh, to get them uh, noticed and put them at, at another level. Oh yeah. 
Yep, 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 yep. Thank you so much. And then we we should be having results posted on on our website by the end of this week. Uh, we had some other things that came up this past week on some uh, some production stuff, and I didn't get a chance to get everything put in. But by the end of this weekend, we should have the results of the combine, and that's going to be exciting for the girls to see as well. But thank awesome. you guys. Thank you, Holly. Thank you for you know, giving me some questions. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, uh, Custis. I, I think you've you faced him more than once. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day when I first joined the team in Portland in 2010, um, he was coaching the Las Vegas Show Girls, and we were playing them. We played them a couple times. I think two or three times. Um, yeah, so I definitely have known Dion for a while. I think it has to be ten years now. So no, he's no stranger to your havoc. Is that what he's alluding to? <laughs> yeah, um, their team was really good, especially that first year that uh, we played. I think we played them in the first or second round of the playoffs, and I think that were, that might have been the game in Vegas where it was like 110 degrees on the field. And then I played. Uh, I was playing running back, and then I had to. Um, you know, I was playing corner, and I had to try to guard the fastest person they had, and then it was it was tough. It was a really hard game, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds like he was uh, not very pleased with your uh, havoc, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it you know, good, they had a lot of havoc too. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously he respects you because he knows how how tough of a player you are and stuff. So. Pretty much, he knows exactly what you're made of, so works out really good. Um, so let's go in the rundown here with the NFL. Um, Arizona beating Seattle, big deal, Holly, for huge. the West. Huge, 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 huge. Because for many factors, I mean, number one, the Seahawks. You know, this year they were coming into this game undefeated, um, but anybody that's watched them play. Their offense, they're, they're kind of changing their identity a little bit, and, and the big, um, you know, phrase of the of the season is less, let Russ cook. Um, in that, you know, previously they were a bit more conservative. They they wanted to run the ball first, and this year they're being more aggressive throwing downfield, um, a lot more than normal. Um, and so offensively, they've been able to get huge chunks of yards with. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf, and then defensively, however, some of their flaws that were creeping in at the end of last year or are have not improved and probably actually got worse. Their defensive rush has been non-existent for maybe two to three seasons, and this year might be the worst incarnation of it. Um, their linebackers are still solid. You you know you still have Wagner and KJ Wright, so that's not a problem. Their secondary has moments. Um, you know, Diggs is still uh, really solid. Uh, Jamal Adams has been really a fire starter for them. Uh, but he's been dinged up a little bit. So their secondary is hit and miss, but when both of those safeties are in, then, then they're pretty rocking. But when they can't get a pass rush, that, that's an issue. And um, they've been exposed a little bit in that they're allowing a lot of points against some of, the, some of these teams that aren't very good. And for the Cardinals on their side, 
I, you know, I said going into this year that they're going to be improved, um, and I think they're 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 a younger team. They're starting to learn how to win these types of games, and I was just very impressed with the fact that the Cardinals. You could tell that they were not going to give up, and I think that the Seahawks were kind of surprised by that. Um, and this is definitely, um, you know, a fist fight. And one of the more, more interesting points of the game was when um, Russell threw a pick um, and it almost got ran back. I think it was like 90-some yards. But then D- DK Met- Metcalf, like, ran him down mm-hmm. and tackled him at, like, the two or three. And, and then huge. the Cardinals – Did you see that? I think it was like a that was lightning a, bolt yeah. flash. That was one of my, you know – you know, I'm a Niner fan. I, I think for me, I love a player that doesn't quit on a play. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that needs to be celebrated. And so I think that was a great play. And the Cardinals weren't able to get any points out of that. Um, but I think what I was most impressed with with the Cardinals was their defensive uh, rush, especially in the back end of the fourth and in overtime. They were confusing Russell, and that takes a lot. They were showing blitz one direction and then bringing it the other. They were showing blitz and backing off. They were backing off and then blitzing. And then they they had Russ shook up. He was banged up and he was not reading all, um, some of the, the things very well. And, and having three interceptions in a game is not something that he does very often at all. So I think that's a credit to the Cardinals' defense. I think they've improved a lot. Uh, from last year, and so I think it's really good for them. But now that they beat Seattle, you know, that opens the door in our division, and the Niners play them this this week, and the Niners, as you know, we're still banged up. We're playing well, but we're still banged up, and Seattle's now a little bit banged up from this Cardinals game. And if the Niners can pull this game off, then all of a sudden the Niners are one game out of the division lead, and everybody else is one game out of the division lead. And now, and and I think like if you guys and the Cardinals, um, you know, um, are also winning this weekend. I don't know. Do you have a bye this weekend, or is it the Cardinals? But if everyone wins, now the whole division is open. We go to Miami. When, I think it's Arizona. Oh, the bye. that's right. That, yeah, it's the Cardinals that have the bye. So if you guys win and we win, then all of a sudden the division is completely open when just a couple of weeks ago it looked like the Seahawks were running away with it. And that's also a big deal because you guys beat the Bears, and if you look at the structure of the playoffs now that they went to seven teams at each conference getting in, if the Bears fall off, which is, I think they're probably going to, I think they're going to tail send the next few games, then they'll you can have all four. Matt, Coach Nagy, and they'll probably let him go in a in another two games, probably his play call was just it, horrendous. It's it's pretty it was pretty bad. But if they tell Finn, you could have all four NFC West in the playoffs. Like all four teams could make it in, and mm-hmm. I think all four teams are playoff teams. Um, so that you was guys a have the really... and Saints. So if you win the division yes. uh, this weekend, the Packers are beatable. Could... The Saints yes. are beatable. So right. you, yeah, to your point, yeah, exactly as you're playing it out. And and then when you talk about the the Packers, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit because there's a lot that happens between now and then. But basically, what you can look at is the fact that just a couple of weeks ago we were all like, "Oh my God, 
who are we? And we responded, which is completely different to, oh, my God, who are we from the Cowboys? And they just imploded. So I guess if you can compare the two situations, you can see the difference in leadership between the 49ers and the Cowboys where the 49ers literally have the most people on IR in the league and added another one this week and probably have, I think, around 20 to 22 people injured right now, which is ridiculous. That's literally half the team. And they're bringing every week, they're bringing people off the practice squad. They're adding people to the practice squad. They're finding people off the street and they're winning with them. And they're winning because their leadership is in place where the Cowboys imploded. So the Cardinals game I think it's going to be one of these games where it's a key game in the playoff race and has key implications with the seeding of the playoff race down the road. So I think it was a great game. It was fun to watch. I don't know if you watched it, but it was one of those games where it was back and forth and, oh, my God, when he um, uh, when the kicker missed the first field goal in overtime, I about died because he made it, and then they had called a timeout because it was going to be a delayed game. So. He had to mm-hmm. re-kick it, and then he missed it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're going to give Russell Wilson the ball back with, like, two minutes, so you, and all he has to get is a field goal. Everybody <laughs> on Twitter was like, just having, like, a coronary. You ice your own kicker. Oh. What is wrong? <laughs> yeah. Like... Well, the best part was is that, like, if you saw <laughs> the replays, they would have had a delay of game mm-hmm. because um, – uh, uh, Cliff was looking at something else, and his assistant came up and was like, "Hey, hey, the clock is like, oh my god, oh my god, hang out!" <laughs> and yeah, they iced their own kicker, and I don't think I've I've seen that before. That was kind of um, kind of Falcon We can't, make, a little we can't bit. have him kick. Stop. Time out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh it was god. it was pretty it was pretty pretty funny, but still, you know, they they you got to give credit to that Cardinals defense and uh, their scheme yep. and. What they were able to do, I think, was it was you you can't give them enough credit. I think that was a huge win for them. Yeah, they, I mean, to keep them in the race, having uh, you guys win, you guys your win, and then the anticipation of hopefully we win on Monday. They that was desperation win for them, especially in a division game, because that puts yeah. them in the cellar. So it's crucial. Yeah. Um, Holly, can we believe in the Browns, the Raiders, and the Bills now? after so many weeks here because they've they've either won and lost, won and lost. I mean, they can't seem to separate themselves from the AFC pack. You know what I mean? We know Pittsburgh's there in that sense. So, but what do we say of the Browns here? I mean, they they were decent pretty well, and then we the Bills came in pretty well. Remember at the beginning of the season, we're like, oh, my God, you know, Allen's going to be the guy and MVP, and right? But lately their defense is completely kind of bent. A little bit too, and they're not playing as good. And against the Jets, I mean, they didn't play. You would, everybody would have thought they would blow them out. Everybody on, I know on Fanduel and, and DraftKings, we were anticipating Josh Allen to throw for like you know five touchdowns against the Jets, and it did not come out to be that way. So, what do we what do we say of the Bills at this point? Are they are they the best team in the AFC East? Given uh, your Niners took care of New England. Well. I'll start with the Browns first. I think the Browns are basically who I thought they were. And then going into the season, if you look at the Browns' schedule, they actually have one is, if not the easiest schedule in the NFL. 
So they do have that working for them. I do think they have improved from last year. I, I think we'll probably find their way into the playoffs, especially with seven teams going in. Um, I think losing Odell is definitely going to hurt. Um, I just don't think they're a Super Bowl team. They're not there yet. Um, I don't think Baker is consistent. Sometimes he's on, sometimes he's not. They did show a lot of um, moxie to pull that game off at the end, you know. Um, but I just don't think the Browns are there. They, they might make the playoffs, but I don't know if they're going to make a run. I think the Bills Colin, the are next also three, who I thought. The next three games for them is Houston, which is a mess. The Eagles, mm-hmm. completely not mm-hmm. that great. And the Jaguars, they put up numbers, but they seem to lose every time. I mean, they put up like yeah, uh, but- they were in a shootout against, you know, this weekend against your boy Herbert, and they lost. They figured out a way to lose. So I, I would yeah. say what the Browns at this point would be like seven and four, maybe eight and three, three game stretch. Yeah, I actually think the Browns schedule is extremely um, beneficial to them, and that I think they're that team that they can beat the teams that aren't very good, but they're not going to be able to beat the teams that have more talent than them or or better teams consistently. They're not quite there. They're not quite there yet. So they're going to beat up on the little guys, and their their um, record might become inflated a little bit. But I think they're heading towards the right direction. But they're they're not quite there yet. And I think they might be fools fools with their with their easy schedule. I think the Bills are a team that I also thought they are who they are in my opinion. Everyone was mm-hmm. like Josh Allen for president, and then I was like, no. <laughs> He's not there yet. I mean, he's having the same problems he had last year. He can throw the hell out of the ball. He can throw it 100 yards. I don't even know how far he can throw it. But he could throw it deep. And everyone was in love with him in the con line because he can throw it far and forever. I think but everybody figured out how to defend him and how to contain him. Right. I think it's really because, what it's all down to now. Because he's not accurate in the intermediate game. It's all or nothing. He can throw a screen. He can throw a 50-yard bomb. He cannot throw a 15-yard out. He cannot throw, you know, mm-hmm. like I a comeback agree. route. Or, you know, like if, if he needs to go down the field in a two-minute drill and he needs to work the sidelines, that's not his strength. And he can run occasionally. He is athletic enough to beat you with his legs. But if you contain him and that you keep him in the pocket – and then you you have a decent secondary, you could kind of sit back on him because he's not going to be able to to get the ball through those windows very well. And so I knew that they started off hot, but, again, their schedule was pretty light. And I think it says a lot, you know, they've lost a couple games, and then, you know, they they beat the the Jets. But the Jets, as we know, are not very terrible. Um, and so for you to kind of have a lackluster game against the Jets kind of shows you that the Bills, I think, are a little tired. I think they kind of were buying into their own hype. Then they kind of got grounded a bit, and now they're playing down uh, to their opponent. So they need to show some maturity going forward and take care of the teams on their schedule that they should take care of. Um, but I definitely think they're better than the Browns, in my opinion. And then the other team you mentioned were the Raiders. I think the Raiders of the three teams you mentioned are actually the most well-rounded team, in my opinion, and could do some damage if they get into the playoffs. Um, 
you know, they're playing um, the they play the uh, the Bucks, and the Bucks are starting to figure it out, you know. And so I think they kind of ran into a, a buzzsaw with that game. But I think that the Raiders have some potential. I really like uh, Josh Jacobs, their their running back. I think like he he's just a physical guy, and I, I really enjoy watching him play. Um, you know, Carr has played better. He's still not he's not going to be Mahomes. That's not who he is. But I think he's definitely playing better this year. So um, if the Raiders can get into the playoffs, I think they can cause some, some problems. Yeah, I think that's the key will be Carr and how consistent he can be because it, he hasn't – he gets a tendency to be inconsistent and then they get into trouble that way. So if he oh. defeats the key for him that way. But it was surprising to see, um, you know, in the, in the the Battle of Ohio, uh, you know, Burrow played play – some decent ball in terms of the Bengals in terms of the Battle of Ohio. So that's going to be a key going forward in terms of the AFC, um, the AFC North, because Pittsburgh pretty much owns it now. So who's going to be the front runner there, you know, between Baltimore and Cleveland now so much in that sense. And we never, we don't know if Cincinnati will rebound in the next three weeks, you know what I'm saying? But that's something to keep an eye on in there in the, in the, in the North AFC North. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think Burrow's playing well, but they, they still have some gaps. They don't really have a very they don't have a very good offensive line. Um, they need some help in multiple spots. Um, you know, he's trying to do the best he can, but the Bengals are not gonna they're not gonna make a run this year. Um, I think that uh, the Ravens are quietly, you know, still having a very good season. I think. Everyone was very high on them early, um, and then once they lost their first game, everyone just kind of fell off of them. But I still think the Ravens are solid. I just think that their problem is when they face a team that they get behind early on because they're not built to come back from behind. Uh, They're, you know, heavy run team. So if they can come out early on people, then they're usually pretty successful. But if they get behind early, then they're also – in uh, a world of hurt because they just can't, they don't throw the ball down the field very well. Um, so I still think the Ravens are solid. The Steelers are playing really well. Um, you know, I think they're a team that last year had a really hard year with all their injuries. And I think it kind of brought them closer together, um, all the diversity that they had to face. And then when you add that to the talent that they had returning and then you added Big Ben coming back from injury and everything, I think everything is kind of falling into place for them a bit. Um, so I think the Steelers are having a really good year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that there's a standout, especially in the AFC right now, given the fact that New England's probably going to be on a, on a drop-off mentality. Uh, the Chiefs are mm-hmm. still pretty decent in the West. Um, we, you know, We'll see who comes out of that, but um, so we'll we'll dive into week eight next week as we break down that as we get closer to you know the playoff mode in terms of uh, wild card and playoff mode which we'll have there. So Holly, thanks again for coming in co- talking college football and breaking down week seven. Pretty interesting weekend for week eight. We're gonna have uh, Nate Ward coming in here to kind of preview week eight in terms of what's going to happen there. And then we're going to go into the women's recaps. Uh, I want to thank uh, coach Lee for coming in here also for the, the huddle and giving us the information on girls tackle uh, girls flag football with the girls football association as well. 
So, Holly, I'm looking forward to next week and see how, you know, this West shakes up because we're going to Miami. I'm hoping we don't have a downfall there ourselves. And then you got, you know, the, the West is basically starting to brew up to where you can't afford to lose a game, basically. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited um, for this uh, this weekend, and I think you're right. I think especially if the Niners can get this win, then it's just it's going to be completely open, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great to see that. All right, Holly, thank you again for coming in. Really appreciate it. Hall of Famer Holly Custis here in the house. Uh, we'll be back next week so we can talk about uh, week eight in terms of what happened. We got Thursday night, Atlanta, Carolina. We got Dallas. Philly Sunday night, which uh, some people were calling for a flex schedule early, but we'll see how that works. Um, then Monday night, Tampa Bay against, I believe, the Giants. So that's that should be interesting. All right, so we'll have uh, Nate Ward in the house here as we get ready for NFL Week 8. Uh, so welcome back, Nate Ward, our ex-league insider. And so how's it going, Nate? I'm doing all right, Oscar. How you been? Doing great, man. How you doing? Missed you for a couple of weeks. I know. I'm happy to be back. Oh, we're being gone. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, you got any uh, X League news before we kick off NFL Week Eight preview here for this weekend? That's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, well, tickets are on sale. That's about all I got for now. <laughs> tickets on slow. sale. That's a good one. Yeah, I will All say right. I will That's give the heads up. On sale. All right, um, we'll get it. We'll get into it. I guess in what January when uh, training camps start to play out, and we'll see how that works out in, in terms of who's going to be where in terms of rosters. Because a lot of rosters still up in the air at this point. So right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them a heads up on that. Is, yeah, that too. Uh, well, and regardless of either one of them, I'd say looking at the seating charts for each venue, this whole COVID thing and the the um, the safe seating distance has provided some of the weirdest seating arrangements I have ever seen in any level of football. So, oh yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they. You know, maybe we won't have COVID after the election. You never know. It could be. It, it could be just completely. We have left everything else, and we go back to normal for the spring. So let's cross our fingers. Hopefully right. that's the case, you know? Indeed. indeed. So, uh, Nate, what are we looking forward to here? Um, the Falcons, uh, Carolina, this is an NFC South battle here, looking like a must-win for both teams. Uh, Atlanta has played not their greatest football, and they've played great football and then they kind of let everything slip away in the second half. Carolina has struggled uh, on defense. They still have some offensive playmakers. You got Bridgewater there as well. Um, a lot of people are calling this more of a Panthers maybe an upset or, and, or, or a win for the Panthers on the betting lines. But uh, where do you see the win here? Well, like, like you said, you know, uh, Falcons have had issues capitalizing. We saw that in the second half. Um, and it's just – it's been a rough season all around. I mean, I would love to say Atlanta, but I think the Panthers got this one. I, I've seen enough of Atlanta from week one to this point that 
it, it it's going to take a miracle and a half for them to do anything. I mean, Thursday is kind of a prime time spot, if you will. And they, I mean, any way you look at it, they haven't thrived. And I just see it being worse in this limelight. Yeah, and, and if you wanted to have a Halloween scare, no better game than Dallas against Philly. <laughs> a lot of people were calling for a flex game change on Twitter when they saw that this was the next game coming up. Oh, begging at this point, begging. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny on Twitter. It was like, can we do a flex game? Because <laughs> this is not going to be pretty. Oh, if there was ever, if there, if there's any parents out there listening that need an excuse to gorge on their candy, and you happen to be a fan of either team, that Sunday night game is the time to do it. <laughs> I have to cover Brown, it, so uh, I'm not, not, not going to be covering it uh, as I normally do on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter at Gridiron Beauty, uh, normally we have you know feedback from everybody that's on live going through their motions on their TV. But I, I don't know if I want to cover that game. I'm probably just going to retweet NFL.com <laughs> and it might not be off. I would. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but who are you taking? Are you taking McKenzie's uh, Cowboys to rebound against, uh, uh, <laughs> to get rebound against Amanda Kangaldi's Philadelphia Eagles? <laughs> That's going to be a heavy handed rebound. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm You got, you be got Mackenzie still listening For Mackenzie's so. sake <laughs> For Mackenzie's sake Even I'm going to be hoping and praying yes. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy um, Did you hear that? Uh, I don't know if you heard the podcast They were asking uh, Jerry Jones If there's a lack of leadership <laughs> He took it as oh. In the organization or And they were like no On the football field <laughs> Because you ain't winning, and he he kind of took offense to it. He get he was like, a, "That's just a, that's just wild." What are you what are you talking about? What? <laughs> what, what? Yeah. Uh, he pulled an Al Davis. We're gonna win, baby. We're gonna win. We're gonna win. <laughs> We're holding you to that, Jerry. We're holding yeah. you to that. You got no quarterback. Your defense stinks. And you know where's the leadership? Um, when you have your coach being compared to the fat, uh, the family guy, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh boy. You're making fun of the, before, you know, everybody was talking about the Cowboys and now we're just literally laughing. It's, it's literally bad. It's like, uh, somebody oh. tweeted me and says, Can, are we putting them right next to the jets at six foot distancing? <laughs> just bad. <laughs> oh, dang. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, not good. <laughs> but you know, I did have a diehard cowboy fan tweet me and said to me, "You're you're laughing now, but even if we went four and eight, we'd still win the division." So there you are. That's not something to be proud of. <laughs> but they still win the division because the rules say oh, win the you division. Can just- Get, if you can get to the division win, you're representing the division. And the rules haven't changed, so I guess he's right. Maybe that will be the case. You know, even that, yeah. seven and nine. I'm assuming seven and nine would be the ideal thing, right? A seven and nine. It's, I think it's happened in the past. Yeah, probably. yeah, I, I get it that, yeah. An eight and eight, seven and nine, eight and eight. 
seven nine. I know my Rams right around there. One year. You know they went into the playoffs yeah. eight and eight. So it, it's bound did. to happen. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Philadelphia, you know they they come off that uh, the win this weekend. So this could be back to back wins, big division game for them. Dallas desperation mode is that what you call it now? They were in desperation mode. Yeah. Um, and that's all you can say about it. I mean, Philly. So, so that and that's where it makes it interesting. Is like you said, they got that win over the weekend, so they're hot. You know, fires relit, and they're coming in. You know, ready to continue that momentum. So, you know, Dallas is. Down I, I don't know if the pressure's on Elliott. The pressure's got to be on Elliott and Cooper and Gallup. I mean, these guys have to perform. But defensively, oh, no they cannot stop nobody. That's the problem. I, I I really think they're banged up. I really honestly think they're all banged up, just like the Niners. And that's really what they're doing. I mean, it's a taxi squad going up against an NFL team on the opposite side, and you're going to get crushed. And that's what's happening to them, I think. I would agree. Uh, and if there were <laughs> – I, I think we're at crunch time. I, I think if things go really, really south this weekend, I think we're going to see a lot of changes on Dallas's side. Yeah, I mean, and then Washington. And shout out to Jennifer King and the and the Washington football team for taking care of Dallas. That was a big win for them, division win, kind of yeah. pushed themselves. And then obviously we can't not say, but uh, Coach Rivera coming back from his cancer remission. So you know, hats off to oh, him absolutely. for doing his part. So that's good for Washington. So um, what do we say uh, Monday night? Tom Brady after the Chicago Bears pissed him off. This guy's on a roll now, and he's going against the Giants, the New York Giants. So, Giants haven't played poorly, but, you know, can Jones and company come in and take care of, of the Bucks Because the Bucks seem to have a little bit of momentum now, and then apparently they're picking up Antonio Brown. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Brady's got five targets. What do the Giants have? <laughs> They got targets. Slayton's on on board, right? I'm talking in in terms of defense that can cover those said targets. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, can't cover Mike Evans, can't cover Gronkowski, and then you got to bring in Brown. I don't even think he's going to play this week. Probably going to be a couple weeks before he plays, but still a threat. If he can maintain his head under the helmet, (laughs) pun intended, (laughs) uh, then, you know, we'll be okay. In Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, apparently, you know, uh, Tom Brady's got it made. If he, if he can, if they can keep on track here, uh, two wins in a row, make it three, four, five, then, then we got to go back to the beginning where we said, you know, our, our, is, if New England can stay on course before, was it the system or not? Uh, right now, <laughs> Cam Newton's proving the system isn't working. So. Yeah, yeah, that's been that, that's been interesting. But I mean, we we kind of said, you know, it's either the quarterback or the system, and we're finding out it's yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> Nate, um, the Seattle lost really big win for the Cards as we talk to Holly right now. They're taking on must win for Frisco for the most part. Because Seattle, even if even with the even if they lose this, 
they're not going to fall to the you know to the bottom bottom. But right. I think San Francisco, banged up as it is, this would be a huge win for them to stay just in the uh, in the division race because this NFC West is a dogfight now. I mean, we we just beat the Bears on Monday. We got to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we don't have a downfall in Miami. But if the Rams win, Frisco wins. It, this becomes a really tight four-team race. There's like nobody at the bottom. Everybody's going to have the opportunity to man up one game or two on, on somebody. I I really hope, I really, really hope the game against Arizona was a wake-up call that Seattle really needs to learn to play the entire game, regardless of how many injuries there are and regardless of what happens in the course. This proved that you cannot win the game in just the fourth quarter. You can hold on to it, but you cannot always win. San Francisco, yeah, it's do or die. Um, but I think they're banged up enough where it's going to be a tall mountain to climb because you got a pissed-off Seahawks team coming in that wants wants that win back. All right, can we flex for Baltimore instead of Dallas-Philadelphia? I'm I'm begging for that. Can we just flex that? Oh please! That would be oh that would God, be a nice yes. game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Lamar yeah, yeah, Jackson against game. Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers defense huh. is going to have him running for his life. They're playing good ball right now. Uh, I I just think this is the year the steel curtain reemerges. So far, already mm-hmm. through seven weeks, Nate, the Steelers have racked up twenty six sacks. Twenty six sacks. And he's been and Jack, Jackson, I think, has been sacked almost over 14 times, which is the second most in the NFL. So it, literally, it almost like he has a bullseye on his back, and the defense is going. This is this is the guy we want, right? Tear him down. He better have his running shoes on because with the stats that the Steelers' defense has been putting on, that sack total might double. And then on the other side, Raven defense no. Uh, no different. So, you know, yep. Ben, the same concept. So uh, both – this matchup is going to be on defense because I, I – so much on defense for the most part. So I think it's – the matter of fact is, you know, this is going to be a, a situation where which team uh, defensively in terms of turnovers, forced turnovers, that's going to be the case. We got 6-0 and Steelers against 5-1 and Ravens in that division. You have the Browns up and coming. Given their week schedule in the next couple of weeks, they got Houston, and I believe they have the Packers and somebody else. So they have opportunity to, you know, if they play right, to stay in the mix at this point. Um, so that's the game I'm going to be watching pretty much on Sunday night, which is uh, interesting to see. So if the Steelers, um, that was a year ago, I think they almost beat the Ravens without Ben. So now with Ben, it looks like it, it, it's going to be good. And then San Francisco – in a battle coming in here, uh, Seahawks, as you said before, they, they can't afford to lose this one. It's a division game. they got to mm-hmm. be able to muscle it up. Uh, right. The Niners, as to Holly alluded, they're banged up. So the only reason the Seattle's 5-1, and one, can we say it's because of Russell Wilson? Is that a good estimate at this point? I would say that. I would say his enthusiasm and his – his skills when, you know, they they like to say let Russ cook, and when he when he gets to take control of the game, he's 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 got it. Um, unfortunately, as we saw that that isn't all it takes all the time, and 
Yeah, we can say it's because of him, because it certainly wasn't because of anybody else. Can you say Seattle, uh, Seattle's kryptonite is the NFC West, the, the rivals in the division? Because they haven't fared well. In terms of they've played well against each team, but the end result has been they've always somewhat lost to, to each team in the division. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I, I would definitely say that 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 is true. Um, I think one conversation I had leading into the week, and I sent somebody a meme, and they said, "Yeah, hopefully I can send this so and so afterwards." But got to keep mm-hmm. in mind these NFC West teams have really kind of turned up the dial when they face us, and they become a tough foe, even if they're you know win winless at all and i've noticed that i i do honestly think their kryptonite is the west something just happens when they see their divisional rivals and it just crumples them they keep it close they do put up a good fight but it just it never turns out well yeah that's what i'm saying because i mean they don't play bad it's just somehow the other teams in the division uh use them as the measuring stick and then somehow they come out to play you know what i mean it's almost like okay, we got to. Right. This is the team we got to tear down. The measuring sticks here. We got to tear them down. So uh, yep. that I guess that's good for the rest of the teams because that's kind of a measuring stick for the for the rest of the in the conference. If you can play well within your division in that state, then you might be playoff ready as well. So that's very true. That's very true. I mean, that's not to say the Seahawks haven't pulled some rabbits out of the hat, just enough to say that they know how to play their division. So. Um, are you anticipating a Giants win against uh, Tom Brady or no? No, no, I'm not. Buccaneers. Yeah, and I, I think uh, Jones has started in four of those uh, games, and he's gone 0-4 while throwing seven interceptions in terms of primetime. So he hasn't done very well into the lights, you know, for primetime night. So. Ugh. Not not a good yeah. not a good record to help. Not not at all. That makes you not want to play prime time at all, actually. Well, the Jaguars I think deserve the bye. After putting up all that last two weeks, they get a bye. Texans oh, my goodness, uh, yes. deserve a bye. I mean, they're in a bad situation. Washington off the Dallas win and then the Cardinals big big time win here, so I guess you if you're gonna call it that, that they deserve the bye. So, um Let's see here. The Lions will take on – what do we have here? Lions. Uh, Colts take on the Lions. I, I truly believe Indianapolis should be able to take this one. Uh, the Lions are very inconsistent. Yeah. The Raiders are going to take on the Browns. This is, a, I think, a must-win for uh, – I want to say must-win for Vegas because if they really want to make an impact in the AFC West, they got to get this win against the Browns. And if the Browns can win – they stay a little closer to uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I, I, I normally like seeing when the Browns play the Raiders. They, they've put together some pretty good matchups over the years, so I'm excited for that one. They need to win this to prove themselves. And Browns, you, you know, always the brides, may never the brides. So it would be to see them, you know, kind of miraculously find a way into the playoffs, and this would be a big step towards that big hurdle. All right, uh, Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs will have a problem against the Jets. I don't foresee that nope. uh, at this point. Um, we got Titans over Bengals. Could surprise there. Uh, Burrow's been playing pretty decent ball. 
hasn't you know hasn't made that many mistakes so per se to cost them games but uh, the titans are just high powered with henry on uh, if he's on point um it could be a close game in other words that's what i'm saying it could be a shootout game yeah actually being a shootout i'm i'm going tennessee on though because like you said they they're, they're bulked up they are they are a, a tough team to to get around um and they've, I mean, they've really impressed me this year. There's teams that impressed me, and they've really impressed me. So, uh, Nate, what do you think of this QB in Charger country, a la Philip Rivers, because he's done really well. So, taking on Denver, division game for the Chargers. They really need this win. Um, they just come off that big win against uh, the Jaguars after that big shootout against the Jaguars. So, could make it a Herbert two in a row. Uh, if they can take care of Denver, Denver is really on a slide. Uh, they they don't have a running game. They're really their defense isn't that great. Uh, I'm anticipating probably the Chargers to to take this win. Yeah, if they can continue what they did last week, if they can just roll that momentum through and um, execute the tight spots that they did, then it should be a very very easy win. Um, I don't anticipate Denver doing too, too much. All right, and we got uh, Saints over uh, – I'm taking Saints over the Bears. Uh, Bears are a mess. I think Nagy sucks at play calling, really proved it there. Mm-hmm. And and I think Drew Brees uh, will take advantage. Yeah, it, it, I mean, that, that's going to be Saints right there. And, and you mentioned – Negging his play calling. How many teams have we mentioned so far since the beginning of the season that there's going to be guys definitely gone from every coaching staff because it's just absolutely sucked this. Yeah, I, I mean, even it's just been a problem. I mean, at this point, it's been a problem for some teams. But um, Packers against the Vikings division uh, game against in the North. Uh, opportunity here for the Vikings to kind of surprise, but. Um, I think uh, Aaron Rodgers and company is probably going to do better at this point. So I'm giving Green Bay the edge here. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'd like to see Minnesota pull off the upset, it's just it's it's the Aaron Rodgers show. I mean, enough said right there. Green yeah, Bay. it's going to be interesting games for the weekend. Uh, if you're going to watch it Thursday night, uh, Matt Ryan – taking on uh, Terry Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers. Uh, pretty exciting uh, Panthers team. Um, so we got – and then obviously you have Ridley and company, and, and then you got Gurley as well. So it's pretty nice. Uh, Thursday night game I think will be very nice in terms of entertainment. Uh, Sunday night, Philly doesn't run away with it, and Dallas looks like doo-doo because that's not going to be good. Hopefully, you know, you know it's a competitive game. You know, with like a two a two lousy team mentality game, for the three points out. You know what I mean? Low scoring type of deal. Um, but we'll see what we get here. I mean, everybody is begging for the flex, but I don't think the NFL is going to do that. Um, Monday night football. Then we got Tampa Bay against the New York Giants. Um, what was the other game that we went through? We did. I think we went all of them. So it's pretty interesting mm-hmm. weekend on Sunday. It's going to be really uh, really important because a lot of the a lot of the division. As we go into week nine, a lot of the games after week eight, it's gonna we're gonna start to see okay who's who's gonna do wild card. Then we can start analyzing wild card. Who's gonna make it? Mm-hmm. Who's not gonna make it? 
what do we look like here? Um, are you are you okay with the Titans getting fined the three fifty for the COVID thing? Absolutely. You have to be you you have to be smart to get away with that. And and the fact that they just you know tried to sweep it under the rug is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, it, it's not you know as much as I would have wanted. I would have said you know take a few weeks from them, but you know. And the Piper doesn't either. It depends on where the NFL puts it. But, you know, it, it's something. It didn't. It, it, it shows that it didn't go unnoticed. Was it a slap on the wrist like the NFL likes to do? Yes, but at least it was noticed. And I think it took the standard going forward where if they're going to violate that or not follow protocol, they're going to get a, basically a very steep fine. I don't think any owner wants to pay yeah. 350000 for something that should be done normally. You know what I mean? Just right. do your thing or right. whatever. So um no. surprise that Antonio Brown is back? No? No. No. I I I firmly believe he still has it in him and I'm looking forward to to see how uh how he performs. I'm not surprised that he's back at all. So he's gonna debut against uh Drew Brees and company uh November eighth. So it's gonna take on they're going to take on that as well. Um, I don't think McCaffrey is going to return from injury anytime soon. So mm-hmm. that's uh, put the damper on Carolina's, you know, hopes there. A uh, bunch of injuries. I mean, I really think it has to do with uh, no pregame, no uh, OTAs, no, none of the normal stuff. And I really, I think it affected all the teams, uh, some more than others. But uh, Beckham going down again uh, will miss the remainder of the season. So that's not good for the Browns. So just not a good thing. Yeah, no, you're right. It, 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 everything that that they're missing in terms of, like you said, OTA, preseason, like I, I, I'd really like to know who thought it was a brilliant idea to go without a lot of the key stuff that keeps these guys in shape and pre- has shown to really prevent them from getting hurt. This is sad. This is it's not good look for the league. It's good look for the teams, and it just you know, the more people get hurt, the 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 crappier and the worse the football is going to get. Period. Are you surprised Des Bryant is uh, going to be a Raven? That's supposed to be practicing. Hopefully, he'll get on the roster at this point. He hasn't played since 2018, but I'm pretty sure he's been physically and mentally ready. I don't think there's going to be an issue there. I don't think there's going to be an issue. I I am kind of surprised with, you know, you know, because, I mean, it's not like we've really heard from the guy in a while, so I'm kind of surprised he's trying to come back. I mean, maybe he's trying to say, you know, hey, I'm still here. I'm still a name. But what can we really think back to what the last big highlight that he had was? I mean, I can't think of it, honestly. No. No, no, exactly. Um, I don't know. Uh, Nagy, uh, do we keep him for three more weeks? Do you think he'll be fired before the end of the season? I'll give it a couple more weeks, but I think he'll be gone before the end of the season. <laughs> I mean, that was that was bad play calling and everything. I don't know what what he's thinking. He's got he's he's got a talented, a lot of talent on that offense, and just not doing it right. So, kind of made Nick Foles look pretty ridiculous too. 
Oh, he made he made Foles look horrible. It was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I I don't understand how you not go into this game and you know I don't know at this point. Um, is Miami for real? Do you think the quarterback change in Miami is going to do them justice, or are we going to somehow hand over the reins back to Fitzpatrick at some point? That is where I play the wait and see card. I, I mean, I like to think they're for real. You know, I saw, you know, we saw how Tagovailoa performed in, you know, in Bama and how he performed in the, the, the first game coming out of the gate and the reason why they put him in Fitzpatrick's place. But rookie, young guy, you know, I, I get a feeling we'll see Fitzpatrick back in there uh, eventually, because the you know the 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 new shiny armor has to wear off at some point, and reality has to set in. So, you know, they may be for real, but we'll have to wait and see. I think the next couple of weeks will be a deciding factor on that. And is uh, Nate, in your eyes, is or are the Pittsburgh Steelers the best team in the NFL? Yes, no doubt. They. No doubt, no doubt. I, I mean, I, we we can just look at at how they've been playing. I mean, look at the numbers. Look look at the the highlights and the stats. It's all there. I mean, like like you said, the Iron Curtain. You know, is back. You don't you don't put up as many sacks as they have and not be considered, you know, a top defense. You don't put together the, the plays and the scores that they have been and not be considered a top offense. They have got it locked in right now, and they just need to keep that momentum going. They look phenomenal. All right. Is Le'Veon Bell going to make a difference for the Chiefs going into a playoff run? Because they're they're ranked number one almost in every poll in terms of power rankings. Pittsburgh's ranked number two. Um, but, you know, is Bell really going to make a difference in, in that lineup or in that roster at all? It'll be a good fill-in point. I don't know that it'd make much of a difference. I, I mean, you know, we're kind of at the point where teams settle into a groove, and if you're a newcomer, you have to you have to adapt quick. And and that's a tough one. I, I don't I don't see it as as uh, big of a deal. I think it'll just be another part part of the line, basically. All right. Um... The Packers were down uh, Aaron Jones, but still didn't lose too much of a beat uh, over the, you know, the Texans defense. So um, do you think they, they, they stay in the middle of the pack as it is right now? They'll be in the North. Uh, they, they get the win against Minnesota here that they're going to be six and one pretty much. Yeah, I, I think they should pretty for now. Um, you know, it, we it's it's you know it's it's a it's a slow walk a marathon it's not a not a fast paced race so I think I, I think they're steady weather at for now I don't see them moving too much and we'll see we'll see how the rest of the season goes I I honestly I don't know how much more anybody can I mean Aaron Rodgers great quarterback I just don't know how many times we can take the you know oh I hurt myself oh I came back oh I hurt myself kind of thing during games. I see that it almost is kind of worrying. They're getting the wins, but it's almost kind of, I don't know, I see sort of a dynamic shift the more that happens. Um, are you more disappointed midway through the point? Remember, we were hyping up the Bills from the week one. Hey, Josh Allen, MVP, 
Now uh, they didn't look great against the Jets. They desperately needed to get back on track after, you know, the beatdown by the, the Titans and the Chiefs. So offensively, we've gone from unstoppable Josh Allen to maybe everybody's figured out how to contain him. Repetitive play will do that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I am disappointed because, like you said, we, we hyped it up. We we thought guys were for real, and they're, they're getting textbooked right now. Um, you know, they they needed to, to prove themselves, I think, not just this past week, in the last two weeks to show that they were there. And, whew, uh, maybe we hyped them too much. I'm thinking they're still okay in the division, given the fact that New England's not playing that great. Miami's somewhere in the middle of the pack, and and with the quarterback change, there's differences there. The Jets, horrible. Um, so I would say they still have an opportunity to win the division. It'd be the first time they would probably take down the streak that New England has. So if they play well down the stretch here in the next couple of weeks, um, they're five and two. Look at look at the look what New England's doing right now. They're not playing very good ball. Cam Newton's not on top of things. Uh, they're losing some. You know they lost against Frisco here. So uh, I'm giving the Bills a opportunity for them to take the division, but they got to be able to you know, play some uh, some better defense, in other words, as well. And then offensively, they got to put up some points. But I really right. feel like that some teams have already figured him out to where they understand what they can do to rattle him and contain him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give them uh, – I'll go with you on that. I'll give them the, the division. And I just I, – I don't, I don't know if you have a gut feeling a little bit further than that, maybe first round. Um, but I'll at least give them the division. I, I can I can see that. Uh, Nate, impressed with San Francisco the last two weeks. Uh, they beat down my Rams in a division game. They take care of New England here. Um, they got banged up injuries. It's the next man up, taxi squad. And uh, it looks to me like they have an opportunity here to, you know, maybe get a fifth win this weekend. I, I want to know what they're feeding them down in Santa Ana because it's like, you know, you, you drop your first string, you drop your second string, you got a third string guy in there, and they're still figuring out ways to pull out wins and still figuring out how to topple down these dominant teams. Um, I am impressed, actually. I thought they would be completely down and out with that first go round of, like, what, four or five injuries in one game, one half? It's like and, literally 90% of the roster has been on injury reserve. Right. That sounds yeah. like high school varsity coaching. <laughs> and yet somehow. <laughs> they're making it happen. It I know. Me. Uh, I mean, Holly's impressed, too. <laughs> Just like the taxi squad, and we're passing it up with duct tape. That's like, and they're winning. I was right. not happy that we lost to them. I, I thought for sure we were going to come in and just put a number on them. Oh, and of course. I was so yeah. so disappointed and embarrassed. I was, I, I was using F's and S's at the at my uh, mobile phone. <laughs> uh, I, I was wondering how you were doing during that game. <laughs> yeah, it was not composed is the word. <laughs> the former <laughs> professional word. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I was well, like, what are we doing? the Seahawks-Arizona game. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. I was I was feeling it. Uh, I have a couple of my friends, including yourself, who are Hawks fans and I was feeling it. I was like, no, you can't. No way. And then you ice your own kicker. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. So anyway. I it just it was you know and, and and if it comes down to Russell, you give him the ball. I was like, okay, now he has up. They have a chance, but uh, you know, got a credit to the Cardinals. They they stuck in there. The defense did their job, yeah. and they get the win. And what better way to win it? If you're an Arizona fan right now, you got you got to be like stoked. You know, you're in the mix. You haven't been oh, in the mix in a long time. You've turned down Seattle, San Francisco. Uh, you have no idea what's going to happen when you face the Rams. If you, if somehow they tear down the Rams, I mean, they've gone through the whole division, you know, at least once. They got That that would show them pretty, I yeah. mean, enthusiasm, basically, for a fan base. Very it's, much. It's, it's pretty, very much. It's, it's pretty brutal in the West. I would have to say that word. It's pretty brutal. It is. You can't. You, right now, out of the division, like I talked to Holly earlier, out of the division, you can't lose. It's like that big of a deal now. Like you're going to, we're going to Miami right uh, this weekend. The Rams have to beat Miami, right? It's that crucial, right? Because you got San Francisco playing Seattle, and it's like San Francisco Seattle. It's like a playoff game. They ha- one of them has to win to stay, you know, one game up or whatever the case may be at this point. So it's it's if you're a fan of the West teams, uh, you're literally you know probably biting your nails every week. Oh, all the time. And it doesn't yeah. matter the sport. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing down there in, in California. It, it, no matter the sport, no matter the team, it, if it's a Western conference, it is a nail-biter. Yep. Yes, it is. It's a, but I, you know what? Good football. You got to watch it. I mean, even if uh, lousy as it was, like against the Niners, I, I thought for sure we'd walk in there and just go, Let's, you know, we're playing great. Let's do it. And hey, they they contained ninety nine, they kept the defense off. You know what I mean? Uh, it was mm-hmm. just I was like, man, I was impressed. I was impressed because they were like, man, double teaming ninety nine, cutting it off, and then they're using the the run game to just throw it down our throats, you know? And poor tackling. I mean, yeah. they, just, they they did a good job of exposing us, completely exposing us. And I was they really was, did. You know, it wasn't it wasn't nice for me to see, uh, but as a football fan, you know, I'm I'm pissed. Because we played so embarrassingly, but when you start right. analyzing it as a football guy, you're like, man, you deserve that. You know what I mean? You got to turn around, right? And like, okay, yeah, yeah you do. no kidding. Bad. Um, let's see here. What we got? What we got? We got. I'm gonna go, go my notes here. I gotta go my notes here. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, I forgot. Lions are three and three in that north. Um, I don't know. They they just seem to disappoint themselves. I don't know if that's the word you want to use because they, they just, I don't know. The defense isn't responding. I, I don't know if it would be. They got good talent, but they can't seem to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it would be point or fool themselves. Cause it's like they, they kind of show a little shining light at the beginning. Like, Oh, they may have it together. And then it's just like, by the time you get to Thanksgiving, it's like, Hmm. It's just the same old Detroit. I don't get it. They, yeah, I don't know. And it's it's the, just the names in high caliber. And just yeah. it's just frustrating. I think you know what I mean because they have talent. Yeah. They it's do. just frustrating. I don't know. That's just yeah. frustrating. Um, Nate Burrow one five and one. Do you think he's been there before? No, I don't think he's been there. before. No. <laughs> Uh, one five and one, ouch! Yes, sir. 
So welcome to the NFL. Yeah, well, <laughs> welcome to the show, pal. <laughs> not college. Welcome to the NFL. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, I, I don't like the uh, question at the podium. How do you feel being one in six? I, I really want to just fire back and, and say, is that are you that stupid to ask that question? It's like, right. what? What is the answer? Yeah, we're great. We're feeling we're feeling it. One and six. I think we're good. We could be oh and I think six, we're oh fine. Seven. I think we're doing well. <laughs> we're feeling it. <laughs> oh my god. Oh we're killing oh, it. It right. always blows my mind. It always blows my mind when that happens, right? Uh did you expect to lose today? I'm like, what right. kind of like, question is that? Like, how yeah, I came in today thinking I wasn't thing. gonna win. We 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 just flew in here. We thought it was gonna be great. <laughs> we thought everything happened as planned. We we left here without a win. We're good. We're fine. Whoa. Oh my god, these, these reporters, oh. man. Sometimes I'm like, seriously, bro, is that the question you're asking? Oh my, come on. All, all the time in the world between in-game and pre-game that you have to prepare questions. And come up with the most intelligent stuff you can, and that's the best you've got. That and what are your thoughts on playoffs? What? <laughs> uh, the best one I like, Nate, is uh, Nate. How do you feel right now that you're on a losing streak? <laughs> uh, right. I mean, like, how do you ask that question? How do you feel right now that you're on a two-game losing streak? What? I'd answer that, but I don't want to get fined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would not even answer it. I would go, next question? Yeah, next one, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, some of these, oh, I've been watching a lot, too much too much NFL stuff and, and NFL Network stuff, but some of these reporters, man, I'm like, come on. And did you see J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt was the perfect response. <laughs> it was like, yes. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers threw the ball, and the guy caught it. It was good. It was good. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, now you know. That's, that right there, you know he's not comfortable there anymore. You know, you've already got Right. Because J.J. Watt is exactly. pretty. Yeah. That's when you want to be exactly. polite and professional. <laughs> That's what I know what that was. <laughs> polite and professional. <laughs> oh, my God. I was looking at that uh, thing, and I'm like, Jay is not happy right now, right? You know, it's right. like the next question should have been, how do you feel about your coach today? <laughs> I wanted to see that. I wanted to ask, that question needed to come up. I'm pretty sure his answer would have been, he's still my coach. He's still my coach. <laughs> next question. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for him, too. I was like. And, and, and uh, there was a, a lot of support for him too on Twitter. I was like, yeah, that just everybody, you know, if they could, yeah. everybody could have gone to give him hugs. They would have given him hugs. You know what I mean? Yeah, no kidding. It's got it's got to be tough, Nate, to play on a lousy team. I don't know if you've ever played on lousy teams, but I played on lousy teams, and it's not fun. You know, when you go, when you're like, okay, you're getting your ass beat by thirty points, and you still got to finish the game. You finish the game, and you're like, okay, we gotta go. We gotta come back for practice on Tuesday. What? It's like right. you, you don't even want to. Like, what? I, I managed a team like that. Team manager in high school, and it was it was fifty points on average. Wow. 
Wow. We got lucky yeah, the man, first season, and then some flaws happened, and the coach was dismissed not only from the team but from the district, and then it just wow. kind of imploded from there. <laughs> not good. Not good. Nope. All right, but I felt bad for JJ. I really did because I, I I know he's a, he's a beast, too. but oh my gosh, you know what I mean. But when he starts giving those type of answers, which is the politically correct answer <laughs> instead of the, the right. passionate, right? Know, so then you know they you know things are going south. Differently, you know, pretty much. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> uh, I hope he doesn't get picked up by the Dallas Cowboys. That would not be good. Huh. at that point. Yeah. Now, uh, do you want to go north? That's, that'll be the question. There's oh, a team yeah, in north? that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, let's uh, make sure you guys go to monkeyknifefight.com. You use our code NJF, and you get started today. So uh, if you want to get check it out there, you get a 100% match on your deposit up to $50. Minimum of $10 deposit. Once you activate the deposit, one month of play. Pretty awesome. MLB, uh, NFL. So place your bets. Win a few extra bucks. Uh, watch your favorite teams as well as your players. Every pick on an event from every sport. And you got different types of uh, contests there. Strongly recommend it. Check it out at monkeyknifefight.com. If you want to uh, get away from the daily fantasy sports like FanDuel, DraftKings, SuperDraft, um, so check it out and use code NJF, monkeyknifefight.com. So that's our new sponsor, Nate. So it's pretty awesome. But they're really cool guys. Very cool. Um, keeping us afloat. And uh, so they're really good. I love them. They're local. Nice. Matt in California. So they've done it well. So sure. monkeyknifefight.com, use code NJF. All right. Sweet. Uh, Sweden Championship, Nate. Congratulations to the Carls, Crusaders, Sydney Green, Woo-hoo. Gabby Knobs. Uh, Bo Stewart, uh, Linda Johansson, uh, they take care of the overall Black Knights, 28-0. You got an opportunity at the Hub to watch it, courtesy of Seymour, Sweden, uh, via American Football International live stream. So thanks you to AFI for uh, covering that for us. So really awesome. You got still photos at the Hub as well from a, a couple of photographers that were there. So all season, we said, Nate, Carl said was going to own this, and they did finish strong yep. from week one all the way down to the finish. Yes, we did. It was uh, I actually got to watch a little bit of that game. I thought it was phenomenal. They did a great job, so congratulations to them. So really awesome job. Uh, Three Pete, so that would be considered a dynasty in some aspects. So yes. congratulations to the South Tech Crusaders for their dynasty. And uh, the Brit girls, man. They came to play. That QB Green took care of business. That running back Knobs, kind of a beast. So, uh, you know, that was a good pickup by the Crusaders. Guarantees them a three-peat. Really was. That's really awesome. You can get uh, the replay of the uh, game. You can get it right there at the hub. Go to the link. Get the replay there. Uh, Gridiron Queensland, uh, 11th, week three, October 24th. uh, Aces versus Hendeka. Uh, it was images by um, High Flyer Images, 42-0. to zero. Aces versus Hendeka. Aces 3-0 on the season. This is kind of like a uh, compressed two teams to make the 11th season. Really, really impressive. 
It's the inaugural season of the 11th in Queensland. Normally they would be playing 999, which they started out a long mm-hmm. time ago. But this is impressive. Um, got our girls out there, uh, no joke football athletes, Amanda, yours, Cassie, Cubis, Christy, Moran. So shout out to them out there, doing an awesome job out there. And Chrissy is now on defense, not on offense. So wow. our girls having fun out there, bashing some heads now. Uh, MVP in Sweet. the running back aspects in the past on 999. Now uh, on 11, she's on defense. So I think she's having a great time, though. Cool. Happy to see they're, they're continuing to grow and improve. It's, it's a whole different dynamic between 911, not just the fact that it's two additional people, but the whole aspect, the, every aspect of the game changes. Um, we have a little bit of that up here. We have, but we have eight, at, uh, eight on eight, 11 on 11. But it's just, it, you know, it's nice to see they're, they're sliding in, finding positions that they like and having fun with. Um, on a whole nother level, and it's it's nice that they're getting to continue to grow in the sport they love. And in Great Iron New South Wales, the matchups uh, week uh, week uh, coming up here, the twenty fourth, it was um, UNSW uh, against uh, the Ch- Sharks, and you got UTS Giants against Sydney. Get the recap there from uh, week two and week three at the Hub. So we'll break it down there. You can head right over there. The Austrian League week three, the newbie. Um, they get a uh, safety, and they beat Salzburg Ducks on a safety the whole game. Really impressive defensive game. And they just get uh, an error, and they score the touch the, the touchback. And there you go, two, a two-point safety there. And then uh, the Vikings, they get a forfeited win against Schwartz Hammers. Coming up this week, it's going to be Dacia. Vikings taking on Danube. And then you got Schwartz Hammers. Hopefully they can muster up another of the roster, healing up the roster after this week. Um, they're going to be taking on Salzburg Ducks. Uh, the, the final happens in on October 7th. So if you missed it, we have everything at the Hub, Brown Beauties. Check it out there. Shout out to the WFC. WFC introduces Community Initiative. Uh, and also the WFA introduces Gives, the Gives Campaign Program. And WFLA nice. announces uh, the arrangement and agreement with HB, HBCU Colleges which is a big uh, announcement this week. And so we'll see how that, uh, you know, net networking and relationship works out for them. Um, they're also doing uh, – they finish up their draft. So we got a lot of players in the second draft going towards uh-huh. this weekend and next uh, the next 60 days. They're getting ready for, uh, obviously, the football operations to kick off up and running from what I'm told. They got women's, uh, women's Sports Network TV via OVA Group as well. So a lot of things in the mix in the WFLA. You can follow them at WFLA on Instagram. So uh, IWFA Combine will happen in Nashville and Atlanta. Uh, Two of those Combines will happen there. So details right there. Or you can follow uh, IWFA on Facebook. And that's for the I-8 intense season. It's going to come up in 2021. Um, If you missed our calendar photo shoot by the lovely ladies of the Loya Linuses, you can check it out right there at the Hub. Shout out to our own Nojo football athlete, Ellie Metzola. And Ellie also got drafted to the WFLA Draft 2020. So congratulations to her. Looking forward to her playing in the state. She's played for the Sharks in the WFA also. Um, so that's an awesome photo shoot there. Don't forget, you guys, you can still get tickets for Open Field Movie. The Open Field Movie at the AustinFilmFestival.com. Get your tickets there, about $12. They're going to be featuring it on the 28th as well. 
So check it out, openfieldmovie.com, or you can go exactly to the austinfilmfestival.com, look it up, Open Field Movie. It's about 12 bucks for the movie. You can watch it right there on the on the promo as well, and then you can also watch the full feature on there featuring Sammy Grisafi, Katie Sowers, and a, a whole of other Team USA plus coaches uh, from those seasons that she played on. If you forgot to tune in on on our podcast, you can go to TuneIn, Googlecast, Player FM, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Women uh, Women's Sports, uh, Women's uh, Global Women's Sports Radio dot com, Spotify, and then right here on Block Talk Radio. So uh, we've been really good. Uh, shout out to Spain, all our new uh, listeners in Spain. Shout out to Spain. Shout out to our new listeners over in the UK and over in Sweden as well. Shout out to <laughs> all the Sweden folks out there listening to us weekly. Uh, got feedback from them. Very exciting. Um, so I really, really appreciate them listening to us uh, overseas as well. So bring you everything that's happening in the women's game week to week, every Tuesday, NFL, college football, and everything that happens in the game. Stay up to date with the best network on the planet, and that is at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Uh, also, you guys, if you missed it, 31% off this week, 31% off. It's our Halloween sale. T-shirts, hoodies, tanks, leggings, capris. Get it at the shop, at the No Joke Football Shop, uh, zazzle.com, forward slash Beauties. Get loaded up there. And if you are in Spain, UK, Sweden, Finland, Germany, everywhere else, go to zazzle.com. At the very bottom of the website, you have your own country shop. So just go right there, tab it, and then you go to the shop, and you get less charge for shipping if you go there as well. If you're in the U.S., you can subscribe to Zazzle Black, and you get 12 months of free shipping for about $10. So check it out at the No Joke Football Club. All right, Nate, I think that's it. We're going out. Thanks to Dion Lee for coming in here, checking us out. Uh, and thanks for Holly Custis coming and breaking down college football and NFL Week 7. Appreciate you coming in to chime in Week 8. Always a pleasure. Glad to be back. Awesome. We'll catch you next week. And uh, for the absent uh, Mackenzie Brooks, uh, we'll catch you here for 345. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great night.